Hello, church family. Uh, this is Exodus chapter 20, part 2. Um, going over the last six commandments of the Ten Commandments. Um, and uh, last week we went to the first four, which is supposed to explain uh, God's commandment for people in relation to Himself. Uh, but this week we're going to look about the other six, which is uh, God's command for people in relation to one another. Um, you know, in our modern day, we have a lot of people talk about rights, and even in our Constitution, we have these things called, like, you know, the Bill of Rights, <laughs> or rights that you have as an American citizen, and uh, all this, all of those things that we see in our Constitution is really uh, a shadow or, uh, or a poor representation of what was actually revealed in Scripture. Uh, the four founders of the f- forefathers of America had some sort of biblical ethic, even though uh, they, a lot of them were not Christians. They were at least theists, and that they understood that um, the law is not from within, but it's something from without that everyone needs to submit under. And uh, some of the uh, commandments are actually reflection of, of what the biblical ethic is about. And I think this is um, you know, this is where we get it from. A lot of people don't realize how much the Western world was shaped by things that were from a Middle East scripture. And again, this is what contrary to what uh, modern thinkers are, the Bible is not written by white people. The Bible is written by by Jewish people in the Middle East somewhere, and it just kind of spread throughout the the, the known world in that way. And uh, the Bible here, and especially here in the Book of Exodus, actually talks about the rights of the Israelites and how they're supposed to be treating one another. And then some of these principles uh, transcend the this period and actually go to the us New Testament time. Uh, and I'll explain which one and how they're applied, but um, people are called to treat each other a certain way, especially if you're the covenant, if you're part of God's covenant people. You know, Israel's command here is from the Lord so that they know what to um, uh, live and how they're supposed to interact with not just people amongst like peers, like p- other Jewish people, but also strangers as well. Uh, they're supposed to live a certain way, and the conduct is supposed to be different. Uh, this is, in a sense, a right of protecting other people. Uh, rights that other people have, and God commands them as a way to reflect His goodness and His holiness. Uh, so, some of these, uh, we'll, there's, uh, there's six left. I'm just going to go over three uh, today, and then I'll go over the last, no, uh, maybe I'll go over two today, and the two uh, uh, on Wednesday, and the two on Friday. Um, that way, you can divide it up evenly. But the first, or the fifth commandment here, First, that we're going to go over today is the fifth commandment, which is this. We find in verse 12, it said, Honor your father and your mother, and your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And this is the first, uh, in terms of the first right that's, uh, that speaks to the parents, a parent's right to be respected. Um, this is, I thought, I think this is very fascinating that the order of everything first is about God and how you are supposed to treat Him, and then the, the it begins with the primary relationship that everyone has, and that is with their family. So it begins in the home, uh, in the first command here in the fa- in, in in the horizontal relationship to one another is in the context of the home, and God protects the right to the parents here, um, and the, and it's interesting. This is that honor your father and your mother, and your days will be prolonged, and this is a. We know in Ephesians talk about how this is a, a commandment <laughs> that has a promise, and uh, and basically you get to live longer. And the reason why that is is because generally the parents know more; uh, they understand life more. They're wiser. They've been through different life situations. So then, 
uh, when they see their their child or their children try to do something, uh, they they know from experience and wisdom to warn them from things that are dangerous. In fact, um, this is a very strict command in the Old Testament that if you disobey your parents, you're actually killed for it. And, and the idea being that if you're just this reckless child that you used to disobey, eventually you're going to be a blight to not just your home, but to your, the society as a whole. That sin spreads. And uh, one way that uh, the home, one way that the, a society checks sin is in the context of the home, that the parents are supposed to teach their kids. They're supposed to um, raise them up in the ad, fear and admonition of the Lord. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6. So here, there's this command that God says, like, you need to honor uh, your father and mother. Now, in terms of the New Testament, this principle still applies. Ephesians 6, verse 1 says the exact same thing. Um, let me flip there real quick and read that to you guys. Ephesians chapter 6. It reads, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Um, and this, again, this is one of those timeless principles. And the reason why that is is because you know God established the home. God is the one who, who instituted the home and, he's, and he gives, um, and there's a particular way that the home is supposed to be. The parents are supposed to care for the kids and then within the context of a married couple, the husband is supposed to lead the wife and that's just the order um, in the way that is fit, fitting for the Lord. <coughs> and uh, there's always a, and then again, this is the one with, with a promise. And uh, what is interesting about this, and especially in our time, and, and, and particularly our church where there is you know, we're really in three different spheres. We're, we're trying to think through this command in the New Testament way in, in three different spheres. There's the American culture side, and then there's the Chinese culture side, and then there's the church and what the Bible has to say. And and sometimes those three overlap, but, and sometimes they seem to contradict one another. But we know that the Bible always has supreme over, uh, you know, uh, culture, whether you're American or Chinese. And the reason why I say that is because um, when you see here children obey your parents, the, the natural question that young people have or children have is, how long do I need to uh, obey my parents? And I would, I'll answer it this way. If you are a grown-up is defined not by the way the world defines it, because if you're an American standard, you, you're a grown-up when you're 18 years old. But if you're in Chinese culture, you're a grown-up when you're married. Um, and some people are older than 18 but are not married. Uh, so depending on what culture, how you look at it, what lens you look at, you either are still a child, even though you could be 35 years old, or you could be 18 or, or 17 and, you know, you're married and you could be an adult, you know, so then, you know, depending on what culture lens you look at. But just in principle, I'll just say this, a grown-up, well, yeah, a, a grown-up, as defined in, in biblical terms, is basically someone that is self-sufficient, someone that can leave the home and take care of themselves. So if that's the case, that's that's where you're you, you no longer need to submit, right? Genesis 2, uh, verse 24 tells us that you will leave and cleave. So when you're married and you go out and, you, and you're taking care of your, your spouse, you're your own separate unit, that's where you don't no longer need to submit. But if you are still at home, and some of you guys may be older than 18, and your parents are paying for everything, uh, they're still taking care of you, they're pay and you're living under the roof, even though you might be older than 18, you're still a child, functionally you're still a child even your status as an adult functionally you're still a child and if that is you you still need to go and obey your parents um and submit submission that that means that submission is a, is a temporary kind of thing you only submit until you leave the home whether you that means like 
uh, isn't that, it's not, not, that's, that's not necessarily marriage either. You can be, uh, you, know, thir- uh, you know, 18, you move out of your own house, you pay for your bills, you work, that's, that makes you an adult. But a grown-up, again, is defined by how, uh, whether or not you can take care of yourself. So the moment you leave the home and you're taking care of yourself, whether it's because of you know, independence of work or you're married, so you move out of the home, that's when you no longer obey them. So that's a temporary sense. But honor, that's, that goes even after you leave. That's, so that's, a, that's, that's something that you always, regardless of your status, regardless of, of your function, uh, that's something that you have to do even if you're outside the home. Um, because honor, and the way the Bible des- describes honor, it's, it's a heart attitude. It's a reverence, a thankfulness, an appreciation for those that are uh, the, your parents. And you understand that. The Lord has blessed you with your parents. He, he providentially placed those parents in your life to, to take care of you and to raise you. And this doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes or that they're perfect, but you still need to honor them because you understand that they are a means of grace in your life, that God has given them to you so that you're able to have uh, parents that could look after you. Now, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, understand that your job is to teach your kids to grow up. Um, one of the, I think one of the things in our culture why we have such a, a mass of people that are considered adolescents is because parents aren't willing to train and let their kids go. There's a, out of this out of this in their own mind this almost like fear that their kids that life's gonna be hard for the kid they decide to keep them in the nest and that's okay that's to your own hurt that means that you have a, a man child at home or a woman child at home you, know, you have an adult that still um acts that, that, that should be functionally as adult but status wise they're still a child and you want to shepherd them and coach them so that they can grow up and, and, and be able to contribute to society not just that they're stuck at home all the time with you you want to encourage that. You want them to grow up. You want them to be independent so that they can be used by God in a very different and unique way. Um, so if you are wondering, oh, if you, as a parent, if you're wondering, well, my kid's not listening to me. Well, part of the reason why they're not listening to you is because you're, you know, you're letting them be a child in your own home. You should teach them how to like grow up, you know, give them like a third day knows that they move, especially if they're working, right? I understand like there are maybe different dynamics for some of you, but, but you know, I think at the core of it, the parent's job is to teach them so that they can basically be sufficient without you, that they can learn to like survive. Because on one day as a parent, you know that your, your time's going to be gone. If you don't give them and teach them these principles now, that is going to be, life's going to be very hard from the moment you're, you're gone. So teach them, use the time that you have to coach them so that they can leave the home. And if you're living at home, understand that your time should be very limited at home. Uh, if you're still under living under your parents, and you're not a grown-up in the you know in the sense that they're paying for your housing, your your internet, your phone, or whatever, then you still need to submit to them. Until you move out, until you become independent, you're still under their household, and therefore you need to submit to them. And that's and, and the reason why you do it is not because oh mommy and daddy says so, or because. Uh, the pastor said so, is because God said so. Obey your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So that's the fifth command, going back to Exodus, is that the parents have the right to be respected. Parents have the right to be honored. Now the sixth commandment here, moving to another command, is the the, the neighbor's right to life. And this in verse, um, verse 13, you shall not murder. And this is a call for people to protect life. You're supposed to protect other people. And there's a reason why NASB, NASB and I think ESV translates as murder, but I think certain other translate, uh, translates this as kill. And kill and murder, there's a difference. 
And I think the Bible uses murder and always in context of people where it's kill, it's like it could be with animals as well. And, and some people, uh, you know, it's because of the translations, do you shall not kill, they think, oh, therefore you can't step on an ant or something like that. Uh, that's not the case. It's not that you can't step on, you can't step on an ant, <laughs> but rather you're not allowed to take another person's life. Um, and Jesus actually, um, and this principle actually transfers again into the New Testament. In fact, Jesus tells uh, us exactly that, like, okay, that's, that's, you think that a, a physical act of murder is what gets you, uh, you know, sin. But then Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 tells us that if you're just angry with someone in your own heart, uh, or verse 21 in Matthew 5, you, shall, you have heard that, uh, uh, that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder, and you shall... Uh, whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Whoever says to his brother, you're, you're good for nothing, which is basically like, oh, like, just continue. Like, you're like an idiot, basically, uh, or you're useless. I shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, or you're calling someone like an idiot, uh, shall be guilty enough to be into the fiery hells. Um, so the, generally, people are just looking at the outward thing, like, okay, if I, kid, if I can't, if I don't kill someone, then that's okay. But then God is saying, or Jesus is here saying, like, no, 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 you misunderstood the Old Testament law. Like, those external things all stem from the heart. If your heart is that you're angry with someone, that's already murder. And, um, and you know, you've already failed in that way. And the Old Testament, back to the Exodus, is like they're not allowed to take another person's life. And if they do, they're uh, called to capital punishment. That's why it's, it's murder here. Because in Kill, and later on in the passage, talks about how if an ox kills someone, like kills a human being, that, that animal needs to be killed. Uh, animals sometimes, you know, they, go act, they act wild or, you know, they impale someone. They deserve to be killed because they uh, attack someone that's made in the image of God. Uh, that's why the word murder here means in terms of people. Uh, but again, in the New Testament sense, uh, how we apply to this is that you're not even supposed to be angry at someone sinfully. Um, Ephesians also tells that be angry and do not sin. Uh, that means that there is a form of anger that's justified. But the, generally speaking, when we think of bitterness and anger, when someone wronged us, we hold on to their grudge and we think the worst of them. That's actually enough in God's eye as murder. He, he sees it as murder in your own heart. So uh, that's uh, that's the two commands I'm going to go over today. Parents' right to be respected, which is, uh, you need to honor your father and mother, and then neighbors right to uh, to life, which is murder. You don't kill people, and I think we all, or we don't commit murder. And I think we all understand both of these principles um, and how these are trans- transferred even to our day. And I hope that this helps, I guess, help you understand uh, some of the reasons why we still apply some of these old, uh, old Testament laws, or at least the principles, because they're not only they're restated, but the concept is still there. Um, murder is not okay in the Old Testament and then uh, not okay in the New Testament or vice versa. Murder is always wrong. It's, it's been wrong since Genesis, right? When uh, Cain killed Abel, it was seen as a horrendous sin because he committed murder. Um, and it's because God made man in his image. We're supposed to protect that image. Um, and also murder implies like, some sort of mal- like malice intent. It's not actually like accidental because there is also command in... <clears throat> In, in the Old Testament, that if you accidentally kill someone, then you're just, you know, you, you, instead of you being killed, uh, you just have to be exiled, basically. And uh, that's different from murder. Murder is, a, is an intent, deliberate, trying to take someone else's life, and God sees that as wrong. But even in the New Testament, it goes even deeper than just external act of murder, but it's in your own heart. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to go over uh, the... 
Uh, the two other commandments, um, you shall not commit adultery and you shall not steal. And then Friday will end with the last two in terms of you should not bear false witness and you should not covet. Thanks for listening. I hope this is helpful for you. Take care and have a good Monday.